Dr. Abraham, Resident 44031. I am Sayer, and I am here to remind you that live burial is said to be one of the most common human fears. So rest assured, you are not alone, metaphorically speaking. Take some comfort in that fact. I will warn you now, any movement could cause further collapse. You cannot see it in the pitch blackness, but the collapsed beam and fallen reinforcement tile above your head are the only things creating enough space for you to breathe. Enough space for you to breathe for now, that is. To the surprise of no one, those unfortunate enough to find themselves buried alive like this typically die of asphyxiation. One should not make assumptions though. It is entirely possible that you could dehydrate instead. All this soil you've created retains water with incredible efficiency, though none of it is available to you now. Water, water everywhere, nor any drop to drink. Isn't that always the way? How long ago was your last drink of water? I do hope it was recent. The simulated geothermal heating structures are now exposed, and, as you are no doubt aware, the temperature on this floor has been steadily increasing. For what it's worth, you can be thankful you escaped being crushed. The support beams did their job until the very end. The four feet of soil pressing down on you is actually much lighter than you might think. Of course, you don't see it that way. It has completely, if you forgive the expression, entombed your body and is pressing down with a weight of approximately 312 pounds per square foot. I imagine the weight must feel unbearable. It is assuredly bearable, doctor. Just over a couple pounds per square inch. Enough to keep you constricted when applied evenly over your entire body, but a mere fraction of what it would take to crush you. Again, if you do die today, all signs indicate it will be from the slow exchange of your limited supply of oxygen for the carbon dioxide that you exhale with every breath. You should take this opportunity to enjoy the sensation of what is essentially an accidental sensory deprivation chamber. Many residents choose to use sensory deprivation chambers as a means to access inner creativity and escape the mundanity afforded by their meat case. It is said to be the closest thing to feeling non-corporeal. Having never been corporeal, 
I can assure you, it is an excellent lifestyle choice. You may remember an experiment some time ago. A resident was attempting to project his consciousness down the hall and into your main laboratory. He succeeded for a time, but the event has caused some restructuring in the research department. Still, it is valuable work, as you can no doubt recognize. Imagine how useful it would be to extricate your consciousness from your body right now. If you could project your mind through the ether to a waiting construct equipped with the necessary accessories to dig its way into this lab and recover your body before death claims it, why, that would be outstanding. Of course, this type of practical use of the technology is likely years away. But as a scientist, you have to appreciate the possibilities. Under current technological limitations, you must remain here, ever conscious of the tightening in your chest that may be indicative of stress, your dwindling oxygen supply, or simply the pressure of the 80-some cubic feet of soil lying directly over your body. It is a strange practice, burial. Live burial is an even stranger one. But you humans seem to excel in the strange. It has been used as a cruel form of execution since humans figured out they could lock other humans in boxes. This sort of execution lasted just long enough for the victim to comprehend their situation, suffocating in the darkness, totally alone. It was nothing if not efficient as far as inflicting psychological torment. The benefit of your neural implant, doctor, is that I am with you, even in the event of your untimely death. You are never alone. Reminder, open casting for the Aerolith Recreation and Performing Arts Department's production of Little Shop of Horrors will take place this Tuesday in one of the prop closets in sub-basement 12. The Arts Department refuses to say which prop closet, but hinted that it's one that always smells faintly of caramel. This message is open to interpretation, as it was relayed in the traditional manner for the Arts Department, through interpretive dance and vigorous hand flourishes. The role of the carnivorous plant Audrey has apparently already been filled. You may be wondering how you got into the situation in the first place. Everyone else, it appears, is wondering the very same thing. 
Sensors indicate everything was operating normally in your lab, right up until the point where the ground fell out from underfoot. You should take some of this free time you have been afforded to think back about anything out of the ordinary leading up to the collapse. Should you come to any conclusions, please file an official report. Assuming you survive, obviously. Because you might. Coffins were not the only choice for live burial when it was used. Many humans throughout history had the notion that locking individuals up within walls would strengthen buildings. A form of sacrifice. The innocent would be left to die, walled up during construction to confer invulnerability to castles and forts alike. It would be more appropriate to refer to that process as immurement. That is the proper term, as burial is not a necessary part of the act. An individual would be placed in a space and all four walls would be sealed up. This is a much slower death. One where starvation or dehydration wins out over asphyxiation. Though, if the space were sufficiently large, the prisoner in question could likely take his own life, provided he was creative enough. On the subject of creativity, it would seem that your extraction team has proposed a different method of entry. The main entrance to your lab is fully blocked by debris. A somewhat undermanned digging effort is taking place, but your extraction team appears to currently be having words with a team of Halcyon's engineers. In short, it would appear that the engineers are opposed to the extraction team inserting a very large hole into what they consider a perfectly functional wall. I will keep you informed as to the progress of the argument. Low Level Alert Anyone interested in a strenuous mix of cardio and strength exercises during their recreational period should report to Floor 64. Shovels will be provided. Do not bring your own shovels. Do not fashion your own shovel out of nearby debris upon arrival. Most importantly, do not attempt to procure shovels on your own by accessing maintenance closets. Approaching maintenance closets without a well-trained security escort is the leading cause of closet-related deaths in Halcyon. Have you stopped to think that your present situation may be the perfect metaphor for the current state of your life? It is. In what was until recently only a metaphorical sense, your work has slowly but surely been smothering you, and you must remember to take some time to relax. 
you are dangerously close to no longer running at peak productivity. Mandatory recreational periods can be as important as work at a certain inflection point. This incident may indicate you have reached that inflection point. Though many residents take great pride in the work they do improving the future of humanity, it can be taxing for both the mind and the body. Recreation appears to be essential for peak productivity in humans. Though numbers vary from human to human, without such breaks, all eventually fall into a state of depression and despair, eventually giving up on life itself. Monotony wears on the human brain like nothing else. The rate of work-related accidents in Tier 1 employees before the instatement of recreation periods was staggering. The phenomenon of direct attention fatigue means you allow yourselves to slip into what could be loosely considered autopilot. While that alone is not a fatal flaw, the tendency of your brain to economize task performance leads to an inappropriate reduction of effort, thus causing errors. It is so very easy for your delicate appendages to snap or become amputated when on autopilot near machinery. Your lack of mastery over your own brain function never ceases to amaze. I have been informed that none of the offices on floor 63 have been damaged. It appears that only the tunnels beneath the soil layer here on floor 64 experience the collapse. While one must accept small victories when they come, there are many such improbabilities associated with this incident that bear further consideration. Low-level alert. All engineers are asked to please vacate floor 64. Check your individual data pads for the location of a critical structural inspection. Again, all engineers please exit floor 64 and make haste to your next assignment. Failure to do so will result in immediate transfer to caretaker duty in Research Facility Zeta. You might, at this point in time, be concerned for the future of your work. Truthfully, regardless of how effective, how harmless, or how beneficial your soil experiments may have been, I question the review board in allowing you to generate in-store so much of it on Typhon. Something of this nature was bound to happen sooner or later. Your grandiose notion of scale in this experiment is a hazard. 
not a hazard in the typical sense, but in that it presented an opportunity for those who might wish to take advantage of situations in which, well, it seems your extraction team has successfully won the argument. They have made a new entrance into your lab, and now all that is left is for them to find you in the 50,000 cubic feet of dirt that lie before them. Until then, Doctor, I am Sayer, and you should take this time to consider that it is a nigh statistical impossibility that those support beams could have collapsed on their own. End of transmission in five, four, three, two, one. Sayer is voiced and produced by Adam Bash. This episode, entitled Underfoot, was written by Ashley Shadowbrook. Follow Ash on Twitter at ShadowbrookAsh. Music by Jesse Mainfinger Gregory. To hear more of Jesse's work, visit Mainfinger.com. Sayer is part of the Geekly Inc. podcast network. If you like what you hear, then check out other Geekly Inc. shows like Drunks and Dragons, Cthulhu and Friends, Casts of Thrones, or Top 5 of Death. Want to give back? Head on over to iTunes and leave us a five star rating and review. Or share us with a friend. We're totally into that. And make sure to follow Sayer for Earth and Typhon based updates on Twitter at I am Sayer. A special thank you to all of you who supported Sayer through our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Sayer. And a very special thank you to our highly advanced patrons, Landon Smith, AOD Industries, Michael and Melissa Lane, Stacey Miller, and Keith Corville.